you're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome everyone to episode 98 of the Red Diamond Courier. I am here with you, Bob Chichinsky, with my good, good friend, Dog Bark 24 How's it going, man? Uh, it's going pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Excited to be here as always, because this week we are covering... covering this week we are covering the infamous... Uh, patch and update 35, the Lost Depths DLC, two brand new dungeons here for us to explore, and all kinds of fun quality of life changes, so, that's the news, uh, there you go, I stole Dog's Roll this time, it's out and it's here, so, as you know, we uh, have a patch notes episode for you, and we're excited. It's extremely, these patch notes are extremely long, so as we have been doing lately, we're going to break this into two episodes. Hopefully they come out very subsequently quick. Uh, if so, then you can applaud us and be like, wow, you guys really pulled it off. If not, then, you know, you could be like, wow, you guys almost pulled it off. And, uh, yeah, there you go, so... <laughs> Uh, but regardless, we're recording this knowing that we have an episode still coming from before this, so we got plenty of Red Diamond content coming for you guys. Definitely want to make sure you guys get to hear all these changes as quick as possible, because there is a lot. So, let's uh, stop my rambling and let's get right into it. We've got some PvP stuff uh we've got the scores for you we're gonna do quickly but dog does he uh we also have some pvp stuff from the notes here right um yeah some quick pvp changes uh the first one is that they increase the experience gained from killing monsters and players uh and player characters in cyrodiil imperial city by 10 percent as well as completing quests in, in in those areas and battlegrounds by 10%. Oh, well, I mean, that's always nice. Yeah, it was interesting to see at the very least. And then another thing that they did is that they fixed uh, two guards at Bruma's quartermasters and they will no longer be buried up to their necks in the snow. So that was very thoughtful mm-hmm. of them. Man, I always thought that was by choice. I mean, maybe, but <laughs> apparently not. Alright, uh, they have an Imperial City theme change. They increase the monster density in the Ebonheart Level 1 and Ebonheart Level 2 in Outamary Level 1 sewer areas. So that's nice. Yeah, that's interesting. None for the DC, but the DC's sewer run has always seemed like it was probably the best. And then uh, lastly, they fixed a rare uh, crash related to item effects that most likely was to occur in larger fights with uh, many weapon effects nearby. And uh, I wonder if this was an issue during Midyear Mayhem, because I remember uh, Graham and I would weirdly crash whenever we'd be running back back to a keep after crashing. Uh, We wouldn't even get to the action. We would just get like to the outside of the keep's walls, then boom, you crash. 
and yeah, I'm assuming that might have been the reason why. Yeah, I could see that making sense. I definitely remember you guys having those kind of weird struggles during mid-year. Yeah, but uh, that wraps up uh, PvP-oriented uh, patch notes. All right, all right, not too bad at all. So we do have the scores for you guys as well. Uh, for PCNA Greyhost, we've got 19 days left. EP is in the lead with 34k, but it's a close battle because DC is right behind them at 33.3, and AD is right behind them at 33.2. So definitely still a lot of uh, time left and a lot of battle left, clearly, in that campaign. And the EU side of PC things, we got DC in the lead with 40k, EP in second with 30k, and AD in third with 27k. Dogged, how's it going on Xbox? All right, well, for Xbox NA, there's uh, four days left in the campaign. We have uh, AD in first with 87k, DC in second with 78k, and EP in last with 70k. And then on EU side of things, you have EP in first with 96k, DC in second with 66k, and AD in last with 56k. And then for the PlayStation side of things, on NA, we've got Ebonheart Pact with 85k, Almeri Dominion with 76k, DC with 74k. And then once again, we have the absolutely insane EU PlayStation scores. Where AD is now up to 125k, EP is at 54k, and DC is at 48. So there is still some movement in the other factions somehow, but it is really dominated by AD in there. Yeah, very, very dominated. Yeah, always blows my mind, those scores. So that's going to wrap up our uh, PvP side of this episode and we're gonna get right into these patch notes so the lost depths dlc we have all kinds of fun stuff uh first and foremost we have the two brand new dungeons the earthen root enclave and the graven deep so these are the two new dungeons for you and of course when we get new Dungeons, that means new sets. So uh, we're not going to talk about all of them, but we did have a couple here that we wanted to highlight. Uh, Dog, did you want to go into them? Yeah, uh, first one, we have a Grave Inevitability. That'll give you crit chance, weapon and spell damage, and more crit chance. And then its fifth piece passive reads, Dealing damage with a light or heavy attack grants you a sack of Remorseless for five seconds up to five stacks and you can generate oh up to five stacks and up to once every half second um and then while you have five stacks you generate an aura of focus granting major force increasing your crit damage by 20 percent while you have the aura of focus allies within 12 meters if you gain minor force increasing the crit damage by 10 percent so this is a good way to have both major and minor force up at all times while fighting. Which makes it a pretty interesting set. Yeah, a remorseless set, you could say. Yeah, 
you could definitely say that. I uh, I'm a bit shocked that I didn't put that in the notes there. <laughs> yeah, lots of numbers in that set. Yeah, it's a little much for my nighttime brain. That's very fair. <laughs> so uh, another set we have Mara's Balm. It's a heavy set. This one is going to be from the Rewards of the Worthy. So that's always interesting. It adds uh, 1487 armor, then 424 crit resistance, and then 4% healing taken. All on the way to the 5 piece, which is uh, when a negative effect is removed from you, restore 2111 health. When you take damage and have 6 or more negative effects, cleanse all negative effects. This effect can occur once every 15 seconds. Thanks. Every fifteen seconds, you have like a god purify, but you have to have six or more negative effects on you. Well, that's like that second part. This is like a two-part uh, set. Um, that's the second part. The other part is whenever a negative effect is uh, removed from you, you you just restore health. That's um, true too. Yeah. Yeah. And so this set is going to get a nerf in the incremental, which is in uh, two weeks from now. Um, but the exact nature of the nerf is unknown because they didn't really go into it. As of right now, it seems to be way overpowered because there is no cooldown on the first part. Uh, and refreshing an effect on a target heals them. And this applies to more than debuffs. It also hits status effects and snares too. So as a Templar, when you use Jab, um, each hit actually slows them by like 30% or something. Uh, so you're doing like, you know, 2k damage each time you hit. So that's three jabs, right? It's jabs hit three times. So you do like 2k each time, but they also heal 2k each time because the uh, because each time you reapply that snare, they uh, heal. So it's... Uh, very it's a very troubling set because it's because of the heal and then on top of that you have like other status effects that apply you have other sets and yeah so uh right now this set is a really strong um kind of just self-sustaining or self-sustaining healing set inside of pvp but it's gonna get nerfed in like two weeks so who knows what, what it's going to be like after that. But right now, this is definitely a meta set. So if you can get your hands on it, you're going to be doing really good in it. Yeah. The incremental nerf is kind of a little scary, but it's still interesting enough to give a try. Then, coming up next, we have the uh, markings that you could get from doing these dungeons on veterans. So... The touch of the, uh, I don't even know, Drail face markings can be obtained by completing Light of the Lost Depths achievement. And the touch of the Drail body markings can be obtained by completing the Earthen Root Enclave Conquer achievement. So, there you go. Your usual kind of cool little things for beating it on veteran. Alright, uh, you can get a memento. Um... You get the memento by completing, or you get the uh, Dula's Bubble Ward memento, and this can be attained by completing the Graven Deep Conqueror achievement. Uh, you can also get a pet, 
You can get the uh, Mulberry Hermit Crab, and this can be attained by completing the Lost Depths Explorer achievement. Ooh, another crab. Yep, a Hermit Crab. You can also get the Bright Fern Green Dye by completing the Lost Depths Delver achievement. So, hopefully that one's good. I feel like we get a lot of green kind of dyes from the dungeons, though, so I don't know. I could go for something else. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I can think of at least two green dyes that I use that seem to be fairly new. So, uh, we have a couple of CP changes. Um, the first one is Force of Nature. They reduce the amount of armor penetration. This node grants to 660 per status effect, down from 900. So, this is, you know, another CP nerf if you uh, are if you're using that so that that's kind of a sad to see the other one is weapons expert and this passive now increases light and heavy attack damage by four percent four percent per stage up from three percent so uh strangely a cp buff you know this is kind of weird actually i don't really know how to react to that then buffing cp that, that that doesn't make sense so another change that we have is uh, some Imperial City Vault Keys. So the completed Imperial City Vault Keys and their dungeon counterparts can now be banked or laundered if stolen. So that's nice, especially the banked part, because having them stuck in your inventory is super annoying. And they also fixed an issue where Imperial City Vault Keys generated from various sources would not stack. These changes are especially nice if they ever do another Zenithar event, or any event that drops those specific keys for the vaults. Yeah, the Zenithar event was just like, here's a bunch of random keys. Um, yeah, so... I think I have a couple keys lying around on some random characters, either on PC or Xbox, so now I'll be able to bank them, and you know, probably go open up a vault or something. So that'll be nice. All right. Next up, we have a couple of uh, companions changes. They updated the uh, loot stream icons for companions rapport changes to be visually uh, distinct based on how strongly the companion feels about your character's actions. Uh, Miri's and Bastion's keepsakes now clearly say that they convey a passive benefit when unlocked. Isabel will now more consistently respond to defeating bosses uh, throughout the world with their player. Uh, Ember now has more to say when you complete a Thieves Guild heist or other repeatable Thieves Guild quests. Ember now has a high chance to comment when entering the cities of Skywatch and Central. Uh, companions now only block incoming blockable attacks if they are the target or are standing in the relevant area of effect. Uh, Ember now has more things to say when successfully trans trespassing in areas of Tamriel. And then uh, lastly, they fixed an issue where Ember and Isabel were incorrectly commenting on equipped polymorphs. Ember now only has uh, unique responses for the Factotum and Werewolf Lord polymorphs, while Isabel is will only comment on the Zipkin Tormentor and Cadarius Assassin polymorphs. And I uh, definitely did not know that they did that. So that's interesting to learn. Yeah, lots of companion stuff going on there. 
So then they also have changed uh, a couple other random things we have for you. The charge trait, they reduced this trait's maximum value to 365% down from 480. And that's a pretty significant drop. They do have a dev comment for this and say since it's buff, this trait has eclipsed the niche category it once was a part of. Where it was beating out other traits even if you were only using two status effects. The new value should now have this trait be much closer in power to others when using two status effects. With the potential to still eclipse them when using more. So, there you go. Not too bad of a nerf. Yeah, it was uh, definitely interesting. Alright, next up we have some jewelry crafting changes. Um, these were some amazing changes. They uh, increased the number of slaughter stones that will drop from weekly trial reward coffers. They increased the chance to obtain Bellium from LFG reward daily rewards. They increased the chance to get Orbic Amber from Stygic Portals. They increased the chance to get Pulverized Titanium outside of Somerset. Um, they lowered the cost of Dawnverism from 100k AP to 25k AP. And lastly, they lowered the cost of Gilding Wax to 20 Rit Vouchers, or from 20 Rit Vouchers to 5 Rit Vouchers. So, uh, jewelry crafting materials cost less, and they're much easier to get now. So, that's a very good thing. Uh, so, next we have a little bit of Dungeons and Trials. So, the... Reduce the health of all bosses in veteran difficulty dungeons. And this is to make up for the decrease in overall DPS that we're going to see. They also reduce the health of all bosses, champions, and bannerman in veteran difficulty. So, Yeah, it's uh, interesting that they didn't include uh, veteran arenas. But, yeah. Uh, next up, there's uh, multiple lower quality items will now stack to 200 instead of 100. Um, these are pretty much only the trash items that you get from mobs. Um, I'm probably the only person that, you know, actually has holds on to those kinds of stuff. But uh, I do keep a, a full stack in my bank because rarely I'll have guildies that do giveaways with random stuff like uh, the trash items. So I can easily outbid anybody if i really want something because i do keep 100 in my bank but now i'm going to be keeping 200 in my bank um also the base game trash items can also be used as clockwork daily so sometimes i'll sell those for pretty insane prices during a clockwork event considering normally i'd only sell them for like nine gold whereas i can then sell them for like 200 gold per or something so pretty intense uh profit margins on my part yeah that's a lot man what are you gonna do with all that um i'm just gonna hold on to them you know someone's like all right who uh we're gonna have a giveaway i'm gonna be like all right here you go i have this this much no one can beat that <laughs> and then uh lastly uh there is a gamepad mode fix uh, they fixed an issue where the intro music selection option would not appear in the gamepad UI options. Uh, hopefully that means that consoles can now switch music options. That'll definitely be nice to do. Yeah. A lot of people have been waiting for that. 
Yeah. All right. And as always, we wanted to take this little middle part of our episode to remind you all that we are part of the Robots Radio Podcast Network, where if you go check us out at robotsradio.net, you'll find us and a plethora of other great shows to watch, just like the one you're about to hear from now. My name is Brian Burton. It's been 26 years since the bombs fell. And since I've left the vault, I've been trying to rebuild. This isn't the Appalachia that I remember. There's so much more to everything going on. And I promise to find the answer. So if you're out there, if you're listening, just hone in on these coordinates. Remember, there's a place for you at the end. Omega. The Omega Broadcast Fallout Story is available on iTunes, Spotify, and many great podcasting sources. All right, all right, all right. So, Doug, let's get this uh, first of our Patch Notes episodes finished. We still got plenty to talk about. There was some Tales of Tribute stuff going on, so there was a glitch, I guess you could say, where ranked games were disabled due to players dropping ranks unexpectedly and other players not ranking up properly. So the hotfix for that rolls out uh, August 24th, which for us is, you know, tomorrow, I guess for Dog Doherty today, so... They're fixing it quick, but it did happen. So if you experienced any of that and didn't know what was going on, that's what was going on. Now, tribute NPCs are now a little smarter during matches, so they're they're growing. Also, uh, companion chatter is now suppressed while in a Tales of Tribute match, which is good. I've had Isabel talking randomly. Uh, Bragas no longer sits out of view during your conversation before he teaches you how to play. Well, how thoughtful of him. And you will now receive automatic placement match wins when a new season begins based on your final tier in the prior season. So all that sounds like decent changes. Uh, interesting stuff. Yeah, the, uh... Yeah, there's some interesting changes. Uh, the last one's like the most interesting out of it. Uh, there is a clue change. Uh, they assign the clue uh, for Somerset sacking with a card upgrade that it points to, uh, which is Somerset Raid. No clue what that really means, but I think that's a, it's them saying that there's a new clue that you can get. All right, uh, now we are into like actual Tales of Tribute gameplay. Uh, first up, we have the Duke of Crows. They increased the gold cost of Scratch to 4 gold from 3 gold, which is pretty fair. That was a pretty strong card. Next up, we have a Grandmaster Halalu. Uh, they increased the gold generation from Hireling to 2 gold from 1 gold, and they increased the acquire value of Oathman to 6 coin from 5. Uh, next up is Sitchik Loremaster Solaris. Um, they reduced the replaced cost from Sephora's Insight to 1 from 2, and they increased the toss to 4 from 3. They reduced the replace from Sigic's Insight to 1 from 2, 
and increase its toss to four from three. They uh, reduce their plays from Prescience to one from two and re-, re and increase its gold generation to three from two. And uh, lastly, they remove their replace from Time Mastery and increase its toss to four from two. So some interesting changes for the Sigic Lore Master, the blue deck. Right, uh, Bob, you want to take over for the next three? Sure. So we've got some changes to the Rajan Purring Liar deck. They increase the gold generation uh, from Prowling Shadow to two from one and reduce the gold cost to four from five. So that's nice. Prowling Shadow also no longer has a taunt. Jeering Shadow now generates gold as a base effect and no longer has a taunt. So kind of similar to Prowling Shadow. They also reduce the gold cost to four from five. Then they also increase the gold cost of Jarring Lullaby to seven from six and increase the gold generation from two to one. Plus with Shadow's Slumber, it now generates gold as a base effect. Then we also have the St. Pelin deck, uh, which has some changes. They increase the gold cost of Armory and Rally by one coin each. Uh, armory from 5 to 6, Rally from 7 to 8. And they reduce the gold generation from Siege Weapon Volley uh, from 2 to 1. And then in the Red Eagle deck, they reduce the combo 2 power generation from Midnight Raid to 2 from 3. For Imperial Spoils, it now generates 1 gold on combo 2. And they increase the gold generation from Imperial Plunder to 2 from 1. Alright, uh, those are some uh, interesting changes for uh, Tales of Tribute. Uh, next up, we have some reward changes that they're going. It's going to happen, or that has happened actually. Uh, first up, we have a tribute season rank trophy furnishings will now be granted for, or Chalium, Ebony, Quicksilver, and Void Seal. They uh, doubled the gold found in tribute reward bags. Uh, tribute reward bags no longer grant potions, poisons, soul gems, food, or drinks. So I guess that means that there's going to be like less trash items and more useful items. So that would be nice. Uh, they reduce the chance of receiving some alchemy materials from tribute reward bags. They reduce the chance of receiving furnishing patterns and cooking recipes from tribute reward, reward bags. Uh, winning multiple matches for tribute daily quests will now grant a progressively higher quality reward bag based on your victories when turned in instead of additional bags of lower quality. Uh, so the PvE Tribute Daily Quest will offer a green, blue, and purple quality reward for 1, 2, and 3 wins respectively. And the PvP Tribute will offer a blue, purple, and gold quality reward bag from 1, 2, and 3 wins respectively. And then lastly, gold received from some Tribute Reward Bags will no longer be effective by passive bonuses. Uh, that wraps up the rewards for uh, Tales of Tribute. Uh, they did do a minor change for with the visuals. They made it so that playable and damageable cards now have, diff have uh, different highlights. 
So that'll be nice. All right, uh, Bob, you want to go over the UI changes for Tales of Tribute? Yeah. So we do have some UI changes as well. The post-game match summary now displays your club rank increases, which is nice. They updated the descriptions of the patron collectibles. Patron collectibles now have clearer acquire hints. They improved the messaging when knocking out agents with a taunt. They adjusted the leaderboard text on the tribute post-match summary. They adjusted the positioning of current and next rank icons on the tribute post-match summary. And they updated the text on cards using the refresh mechanic to explicitly say if they can target any card or a specific type. They also updated the text on some game elements. They added patron lore to their respective entries in your collections. And they clarified tribute patron tooltips to better communicate all their requirements and mechanics. All right, next up we have some uh, set changes. Um, first off, we're going to be going through the ability altering weapons. Um, the first one is Crushing Wall. This set now increases the damage of your Wall of Elements by 1250, rather than increasing the damage done with your Light and Heavy attacks against enemies in your Wall of Elements. Uh, there is a dev comment on this, and it reads, Based on some fair feedback from the early iterations of Light and Heavy attack changes, we have decided to remove the more intense skill interaction of this set uh, to be closer in power and requirements of other Maelstrom sets, we have slightly reduced uh, the damage bonus to make up for the fact that it now has more readily available cleave damage potential. Um, it's also important to point out that currently this set is not working when bar swapping, and that is something that they plan on fixing with the uh, first incremental patch in two weeks. Uh, next up, we have Grand Regeneration. Uh, this set now restores 224 Magicka and Stamina four times over six seconds, rather than 117 Magicka and Stamina five times over four seconds. Uh, next up, we have Merciless Change. This set now lasts 10 seconds, up from seven seconds. They reduce the damage done per tick by approximately 53%. This set no longer stops refreshing early when using in tandem with Stampede. And there's a depth comment too. Uh, it reads, this change was done uh, as the set no longer needs to carry the damage of Stampede to be more competitive with other weapons. and should help bite a little less in PvP encounters. And lastly, we have Thunderous Folly and they increase the ramping damage per stack to 191 up from 143 to help make this set stand up to others when it's added requirement of the full duration dealing damage. And then uh, this wraps up the ability altering weapons section. Alright, so just for your normal kind of set changes going on, uh, we have Blood Moon. This set now increases the damage of your light attacks by 2050 while active rather than 55%. So that's probably to do with light attack changes and stuff. Alright, uh, for Iron Blood, this set now grants major protection, major aegis, and minor protection for 10 seconds when it activates. 
Rather than reducing the, the damage taken by a unique 30%, they reduce the standard potency of the set to 25% from 50%, and they reduce the cooldown to 10 seconds down from 15. There's a dev comment on it. Uh, the dev comment reads, uh, When we did the major and minor balance pass years past, we intentionally left this alone to try and make sure this cure, this curse aspect of the set was justified. But we're seeing this set enable far too much mitigation with not enough penalty rather than increasing the curse further and running the risk of making this set inaccess uh, inaccessible outside of incredibly niche, niche, niche uh, scenarios. We've uh, instead adjusted to named bonuses so there is similar power with more accessibility as we can ease back the curse as well. So uh, Iron Blood is no longer as strong because it uh, has named buffs now. So, so then we have uh, Noble Duelist Strikes. This set now increases your damage done with light and heavy attacks against monsters by 2110 rather than increasing weapon and spell damage scaling. Then we have uh, Undaunted Infiltrator and... Unweaver. These sets now increase your damage done with light and heavy attacks against monsters rather than increasing their weapon and spell damage scaling. Alright, uh, next up we have Savage Werewolf. This item now only procs off of light attacks when you are within melee range of your enemy instead of light or heavy attacks from any range. Uh, this set now ticks once every two seconds instead of one to reduce situations where it could tick twice instantly. Uh, note, it, it uh, still continues to tick instantly upon application that is intended. And there's a dev comment on this too. Oh, the dev comment reads, uh, This sets trade secret of procking off each light and heavy attack instantly while intentional has created a situation where it can produce some pretty oppressive results when utilized from range or with channeled heavy attacks rather than harming the intended synergy of the Set with light attack focused builds, we restricted it to only affect the intended build types instead. Uh, keep in mind that this set can still proc off, off of a uh, range focused light attack, such as bow or saves, as it requires to be, as it requires you to be within melee range when attacking, rather than outright excluding those weapons. So, if you want to use a set on a with like bows or stabs, you can. Uh, so use it, you just have to be in melee range instead of uh, being anywhere. Alright, next up we have uh, Sergeant Smail. Uh, this set has been reworked to grant you a stack of Sergeant's Focus for 5 seconds. Whenever you deal damage with a heavy attack, increasing the damage of your heavy attacks by 645 per stack. This effect can occur once every half second and stack up to 4 times. And then there's the dev comment here too. Uh, the dev comment reads, Removing the focus of the set to be on any heavy attack to aid in the flexibility and use case of the set so that more builds can engage with it, while also reducing its potential as a front load burst set. Interesting. Yes. Do you want to go over the Oak and Soul one? Um, yeah, I guess we may as well. So... For Oakensoul, this set now grants the minor versions of Courage, Berserk, Force, 
protection, and heroism rather than the major versions. This set now also grants minor mending, slayer, and aegis, as well as empower. So they changed a lot. And there's a known issue with this right now. The empower buff will currently fall off after your character dies. The set must be re-equipped after death to get the bonus back. This will be fixed in the incremental patch in two weeks. So, the dev comment reads, The original intent of this set was to improve accessibility of one-bar builds by providing many bonuses that you would get from running extra abilities on your back bar, and a few other name sources that may come from coordinated groups to help make up for the flexibility and specialization loss of having five ability choices instead of ten. While we did see the suggestions we're incorporating now, we didn't want to go too hard on the set after the heavy nerfs to the original form without some more concrete metrics and evidence, which we have gathered since Update 34 had launched. We now feel comfortable that the set will still be incredibly impactful for its target audience, but in a much more balanced way. It may end up even stronger on some builds now, depending on your focus. I'm not so sure I buy that last part of that, but uh, I mean, it all makes sense. Yeah, I don't see how it can be uh, stronger on any build that I can think of. Even on a healer, you're uh, you're losing damage, which would buff up your healing. So, yeah, I mean, they got to be talking about like very niche situations where it's going to yeah. be stronger. But I mean, it's interesting that it gives you the trial buff, you know, sets now. It did lose off a lot. Probably not going to be as good in PvP, I would assume. Yeah, but I think that's a good thing. But it's still going to be good in PvP, especially on, you know, console, because bar swapping is still painful. So, yeah, that's true. So, don't, you know, uninstall the game yet. Your Oaken Soul isn't nerfed to the ground. You're going to be okay. All right. Uh, next up, we have Dark Conversions. Uh, they increased the cooldown of the set to 25 seconds up from 15 to help reduce the frequency in which it can introduce ultimate like effects to the battlefield. And. Yeah, this is a good change. I like this. Less uh, dark conversions frequency is a good thing. Yeah, I highly agree on that, especially because it's still super meta. Yeah. So then we have Rothgar's Chill, and this set's damage can no longer be blocked. So how about that? Yeah, okay. That's, that's fine. It's a minor change, but I mean, if anyone's wearing it, then they're like, yes! Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, we have Plague Break. Uh, this set now has a cooldown of 20 seconds per target rather than only against targets that do not already have the dot on them. Uh, they reduce the damage over time by approximately 48%, but this damage can now critically strike as it does not have the engraved modifiers built into it. Uh, they increase the damage explosion by approximately 3%. And the effect of this set now always applies to the disease status effect. And that in particular is pretty good because that can proc the Oko Overload uh, passive 
or not passive, but CP slottable that goes off of status effects. So pretty strong right there. And then there's a dev comment on this, and it reads, This set is being run in far too many situations outside of its target audience. Uh, this set was made to punish groups that are sacking purges and tight groups, but due to the current nature of the set, it is punishing those who aren't using a cleanse either, as a dot is dealing sizable damage and has no downtime. Uh, with the cooldown window, we hope to introduce more counterplay to the set, giving a window to safety from... Uh, becoming a carrier again for a time while still retaining the pain for those who are purging or dying too close together. So I definitely like that change because whenever I get Plague Break, I usually go, because it does, or it used to do a lot of damage, I'd go away from the group, purify, and run back in, and then I'd get it again, and I'd do the same thing again. So now I'll have, you know, to like, 15 seconds before it comes back on me. So that'll be nice. So then we have Powerful Assault, where they increase the duration of this set to 15 seconds, up from 10, to better match the durations of many of the morphs in the skill line. Plus, they increase the radius to 12, up from 10 as well. All right. And uh, lastly, we have Mantle Astroria. Uh, they reduce the duration and cooldown of the set's area of effect to 8 seconds down from 10 seconds uh, to help it be slightly more mobile in encounters where you need to move. They uh, increase the weapon and spell damage uh, granted per stack to 63 up uh, from 52 to ensure its high requirements are better rewarded. And then this set's 4-piece bonus is now 129 weapon and spell damage rather than some max magicka. And then those wraps up our U35 patch notes for part one. All right. Well, that was a lot of, uh, you know, changes. Some good, some not so bad. I, I didn't see any that were just totally game-breaking yet. Um, yeah, that, all that is like combat or class changes, and that'll be in the next one. So. All right, well, there you go. <laughs> so, uh... Dog, let's keep it simple. Where can the people find us? All right. Oh, you can find us on Twitter of the at Red Diamond Cast. You can find us on Facebook of the Red Diamond Courier. Find us on. Uh, you can find us in our ESOPC or Xbox Guild of Airs of the Red Diamond, which you can join on the Robots Radio Discord phone at robotsradio.net. Perfect. And if you check our show notes, you'll find all our extra links. If you're looking for dog, he's at dogbark24 wherever, and I'm at bob underscore chichinsky. And uh, we're keeping it short because we're going to be right back at you with some more patch notes. And yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, we hope you're having a good week out there. Update 35, go do some new dungeons. Yep, have a good one. RPG podcast that isn't just D&D? Roll to cast is the answer. No, no, wait, sorry. What games have we played so far? Well, we've done Cyberpunk 2020. What does it mean? 
to have a voice. And there's going to be something big coming, Chumba. Hey, if you're listening, I won. I beat you. You suck. There was a time when we were slamming things against our phones and... <laughs> Vampire the Masquerade. Chloe, Sam? You can't use those words! He's going to grab Vincent, press him against the wall. I mesmerize him. This is Adelaide's Anarch movement. First out of your chair, your hand goes to your gun and you draw. Hulk Cthulhu. Told you I had it. We've all got the creeps going. I love it so much. All right there. Screechy child. <laughs> My favorite daughter. Maybe after what we just seen, we're feeling a bit trigger happy. And the new Cyberpunk Red. Babe, you're good, but better. But maybe you might be able to give me a counter-off. Straight through his neck. I don't see bone either, but I'm not gonna look. My leg's fine. I always knew you wanted to fly, kid. Come find me. Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. A new game every season. Original music. Original stories. Interviews with the creators. And delightful Aussie accents. Listen to us on all good podcatchers. Even support us on Patreon for bonus content. That's Roll to cast. R-O-L-E. Come discover a new world.